namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhassa buddhang dhammang sankhang sami Guilt is an interesting one, as opposed to remorse. Remorse is really compassionate, actually. It's really warm. Which guilt is kind of up in your head. And actually kind of aversion, isn't it? And it's interesting how remorse can, which is a wholesome state, can morph into guilt, which is a very unwholesome state. And just the wrong thinking. Because if you take remorse, like, you know, practice I was doing yesterday of the heart, if you get really, um, I think we all use it to some extent, just intuitively kind of go to that area. But if you if you do it deliberately and you get kind of a lot of sensitivity there, then when something like remorse comes up, you, you uh, what I find is you take, you take it here, you know, rather than to thought, and it actually really warms your heart. And really opens you to some really deep compassion, and that, that quiets the mind. Whereas if you haven't got that kind of avenue, then the remorse quickly with thought goes into guilt, and then you get all the, I shouldn't have done this, and shouldn't have done that, and all the kind of self-flagellation that we can get into. Kind of, the kind of idealism of our, of our intellectual minds and our cultures quite often takes us into places of self-judgment. And we're pretty harsh. Sometimes the stuff that I've judged myself on is much harsher than it, judge anyone else. As I used to say, he said, very dumb, I don't have to criticize you. You just beat yourself up good and proper. There's no reason for me to say anything. And that's a kind of, I don't know if it's cultural, or if it's kind of coming from some other religion. Uh, I did meet a man once who said he was a recovering Irish Catholic. <laughs> So wherever it comes from, yeah. But if you monitor thoughts, but you have also a way of uh, accessing the heart, very helpful. We've got another way of kind of interpreting life, because sometimes if the only way we interpret life is through thought, then and our thoughts are um, inappropriate, but we believe in them, then you're you're, you're just led down a, a suffering path. And sometimes those pathways of thought can be very, very convincing, and yet they're conditioned by unwholesome attitudes which come to us from, who knows, childhood or culture or whatever. So uh, I find that, that ways of understanding this moment which are more visceral, like bodily tension, heart chakra, uh, those I find very, very helpful to understand. You think you'd think understanding is always a matter of thought and intellect, but it's not. You know, it's not. Sometimes it is, but just like again, to understand uh, how to crack an egg to make an omelet, you, know, it's, you just have to do it and see what happens. Yeah. So um, this practice I was suggesting of of, of um, going to the heart is. Uh, I find I use it a lot, and I, and I was uh, when I started to use it, I'd, I'd been through a a very uh, stressful time at, at Amaravati, and I I, uh, I get totally burnt out. I was just 
in over my head and I just, just didn't have the mindfulness to deal with the complexity of the issues that were going on and it was big and, and I, I was like, really, I really got lost in my practice. So then I went to New Zealand to do a retreat and my mind's just churning away all these angers and regrets and, and then feeling like I've, I'm a failure and all these symptoms that one has from burnout, which I had read about. I'm like, God, I'm there. How did I get here? And so I'm just trying to survive, really, just walking back and forth. And this was uh, actually the millennium, at the millennium, make it more dramatic for you. Uh, <laughs> just walking back and forth, walking back and forth, and just don't know what to do with this mind. It was so, so out of shape, as it were, so, so beat up. And, and, and it would move between, like, depression and then anger at others and, and then a feeling of, failure on my part and even though one could read about that kind of stuff classically in literature when it happened it's happening to you it's very real it hurts so so i'm just trying to survive and on my own and, and then just one day my heart just kind of cracked i just felt something like a pop in my heart and it wasn't a big thing but it was i guess it was intuitively important because i said wait wait what's what's going on there and then I began to just inquire into into uh, into that area, and that was a great relief because then I started finally to get away from the thinking mind, and then that that uh, sensitivity in the heart was certainly it wasn't it was it wasn't pleasant, but somehow it was now a way to enter into the unpleasantness of my accumulated stuff that I got caught up in Amaravati. Now is a way of being with it that was no longer just mental. That was very, very helpful. And then I would just walk with it. And then I'd forget about it. And then it just sort of called to me. Well, wait a minute, what's that about? And I began to employ that as a major place of awareness. And and that became really fruitful. And then I, I, I conjoined it with these ideas of... of um, Bringing up, bringing up uh, associative feelings of kindness and gratitude, and bringing them to the heart, and then also the, the negative things like being angry and 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 like a bit depressed and things. It just go to the keep going to the heart, and even though that was contracted and difficult, it actually was a place where it was all relaxing. So that's why I sort of. I recommend people try that. But again, if, if the only place I, if I deal with life always through thought, I think, I think it's, it's a kind of a limited uh, use of my, my human potential, because my human potential has all this intuitive part in me, the kind of connected part with, through the senses. And I, I learn through, through experience and, and accumulate uh, understanding through tactile experience, through through doing and failing and succeeding in all kinds of ways. So thought is 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 uh, powerful, but it can also be powerful in a very negative way. And so, and I, I found with that experience, it was so so profoundly difficult that there was no way I could think my way out of it. There was just just no way. I had to just sort of endure. I had to endure a lot. It was a very very hard year for me. But it was something that I 
that I there was, and it wasn't like the the um, the overextension in that that experience in immorality wasn't something that I necessarily think was profitable. Because quite often we we say, "Oh, just stick with it, and it'll be profitable." We were talking about that, and sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes it's just like just uh, you get you get burned out. And so my insight around that was, you have to have enough mindfulness around stressful parts of your life to see them as objects. Because if one becomes a subject of those stressful parts of life, then somehow one has to get out of that environment. And that's, say, for me, that the amorality thing was, I couldn't, I didn't have enough objectivity or mindfulness in the complexity um, that kind of overwhelmed me. So then the, the price of that was a couple of years of just getting my act together. And I'd been practicing 25 years. It wasn't like I didn't know how to practice. But sometimes it happens like that. You, Buddhists might say it was your karma, or you know, we have all kinds of ways of talking about it, but there it was. But the upshot of it was actually because I, I still had the remnants of a practice functioning, and I could still say, so what? you know, I, could, I still had the Four Noble Truths and all that, all that um, practice, what I had done, it still was a way of approaching this without as a challenge rather than as a, like the failure that my mind was kind of projecting onto it. And, and, and so that underlying, as I was saying earlier, when, when things are really extreme, those underlying practices that we've done and, and, and the, the ways of exploring the mind, they, they still click. They still click in even if it's difficult. So, so in the end it was, it was profitable. And, and I would say that main profit was that I really began to abide with the heart chakra more and more and more. And I, and I continued to do so. This morning I woke up and I wished you all well while you're sitting here. <laughs> I just stayed there in the nice warm room. And, and just again, just, it was the heart chakra right now. And for me it's become a very, a very uh, pleasant and happy place, but not a happiness which is distracted. It's not a happiness of like absorbing into some kind of YouTube video about cats and rabbits or whatever people <laughs> absorb into. It's, it's rather more, it, it's its own life of, of um, wholesomeness, I think, that, that is, uh, for me, very, very young. And something I can, because I've, I've kind of done it very deliberately over the past few years, it's something I can return to again and again and again, so it's like a resource. But it's not a technique, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm trying to manufacture a certain emotional content through uh, a willful technique that right now, I, if I do, it's, it's not like, it's not like shoveling snow. <laughs> it, it's more like getting in touch with something that's always there, I think, getting in touch with that. And, and, and for me, it is a, a very visceral thing in the center of the heart. And so like yesterday, that technique, I was suggesting that, that like you, you just physically get Get in t- one of the jokes I say is I put some tiger balm on there, put that there, and, and then breathe and feel the chest and do do vigorous things, and just sort of be aware of, of the body. So that in itself is good. Yeah, body awareness rather than just the mind going to thought all the time. So that if you if you're going to think, think deliberately, you know, think correctly, and then and then that then having got some sensitivity at the center of the chest, then learning how to feel the thinking mind, the stress of the thinking mind, and actually feeling your, like your, your brain, bring your attention down to the front of your face, down 
down through the throat, you know, quite deliberately, and then, then letting it rest there. And that's the kind of thing that I learned how to do, just, just quite deliberately, just go down, down, down. So, so the, like the attention begins to feel, it's almost like the, the thinking mind is like just this, 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 um, elastic which keeps pulling you back and boing back to thought boing back to thought and now you're sort of deliberately teaching attention i suppose teaching attention to abide in another part of our experience so it's not repressive it's not it's not saying you shouldn't think it's just saying well what if you what if you attend pay attention to this part of your of your being so it's it's present moment awareness it's not it's not based on desire to become. It's not denying the moment. It's not trying to get rid of none of that. And so the attention comes down to the heart. And then whether it's a contracted feeling of, of anger or fear, or whether it's an expansive feeling of, of compassion and joy, still it's felt there. It's known there. And so for me, it's, it's a way to process uh, the contracted feelings. Okay? feelings of alienation or fear that or anger that might come up and and processing means abiding there and letting it run its course because it's some kind of karmic formation it's neither right nor wrong and that that is what for me when Ajahn Sumedho says allow things to become conscious let, let it become conscious let it become conscious not through thought but through through uh, body awareness energy awareness maybe and then as it becomes conscious the like if it's very negative, historical or whatever, which is what it is, some history I have around something. Like like say, if I go back to that experience in New Zealand, that the history was uh, five years in a monastery where I, I got overwhelmed. So obviously the memories would be around that. But then not going to the memory, going to the heart and staying there, then the feelings of anger or depression or whatever were still there but now they weren't being added to so because they weren't being added to their fuel their energy manifested because it had to that was the karma of my engagement there but because they weren't being added to through thought then they began to fall away and the kind of layers of 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 alienation and contraction in the heart began to fall away and i began to notice more and more the beauty there, the beauty that, that lies there. And then I began to stimulate that more and more by actually going to those beings that I was angry at and, and remembering them in a good way and bringing that to the heart and, and resolving that. So it was, a, it was a difficult piece of practice. It took quite a long time. But it, uh, it seemed to have been necessary for my own conditioning and certainly profitable. So if you want that, that meditation I suggested, it's quite a quite simple. I, I remember once a, there was a man who was he worked for the coal board in it wasn't Newcastle somewhere up in the Midlands, and he was a one of the senior managers in the coal board, and and uh, he got laid off. Like he was, you know, he worked for them for 30, 40 years and he got a notice and got laid off in a week or something horrible like that. And he was, he was a very, 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 very bitter and angry. So I started to talk to him about it, trying to get some kind of connection to kindness. 
and we talked about his family, didn't like anyone in his family, his workmates, didn't like anyone in his workmates, couldn't find any, any connection to kindness until we discovered his cats. And his cats, because he worked for the RSPCA, uh, he had a love of animals. So I said, oh, okay, there you go. And so we just did this practice with his cats. And that's all it is, really is. It's not about the cats or the people. It's a connection to something which isn't alienated. You know, the connection to something which is, which is kind and 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 open. And, and that, that worked. Of course, he still had the, the 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 challenge of years of conditioning around being very kind of angry and cynical. But at least he had an entryway into something which was which other than that. So sometimes the way these, um, like the metta practices are described, they say, like, first of all, begin with yourself. You must begin with yourself. But actually, why? I never understood that. Why? Why begin with yourself? Just begin with anything that actually opens your heart. Because it, it's not about me and you. It's about the open heart. So some people then struggle. Oh, I have to, oh, I have to love myself. I have to love myself. Yeah, but I don't like myself. <laughs> so, so they get into this conflict. But actually, the image doesn't really matter because the sense of self is simply a, a construct. So if you go to something which automatically brings up self-criticism, then don't use it. But something which just connects you to generosity, use that. And then let go of the, let go of the narrative, the story, the definition of self and other, and just be with a visceral feeling in the heart. And then uh, expand that, make that stronger. So, I don't know where my friend is, but the cat practice at least got him going. <laughs> got him rolling in that. And then, and then if you have, like, you think about things like anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, body awareness. If you have, if you have kind of local localities in your own physical energy being uh, that you can uh, turn attention to, then you can, you can monitor your thoughts that way. Where, whereas if the only thing you have is just thought, and it just goes from one to another to another to another to another, it just goes on and on and on. So now, in the like third foundation of mindfulness, you look at the citta the type of mood of the mind, the the symptoms of the mood of the mind are the thoughts. So angry thoughts are an angry mood, fearful thoughts are a fearful mood, and so on. And loving thoughts are a loving mood, and and so the thoughts you can you can you can use as symptomatic. And you see, you can inquire, you say, well, okay, I'm feeling really quite bored today, or whatever. Where does boredom feel in my energy body? What does that feel like in my energy body? I feel restless. So you have a kind of way of inquiring into the jitta, the mood of the mind, which is not just through analytical thought, but through direct contact, through, through direct awareness, is where wisdom lies, that kind of direct seeing. So, so the, the kind of the practice of the spiritual practice we have, it, it's oftentimes, sometimes it's very ho hum, ordinary, la di da, nothing much happening, and then sometimes things are happening which you didn't expect. But all of it is grist for the mill. It's all something we learn from, and the the good, the kind of fortitude and courage to say, well, if, if if I can't learn about this particular state of mind here and now, when am I going to learn about it? I did that often in in, in Thailand when I'd be wanting to jump the wall and get out and have some yogurt or something, <laughs> and more. And if you can't understand yourself here where it's safe, if you can't be with this sankara, you know, where are you going to do it? And that was kind of a helpful reflection. I made it more like 
okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to try to learn from this. So like the experience at Amaravati, there I said, well, I'm not learning anything. I better get out of here. It's time to go. But I still, still learn something by, by then eventually looking at the results of that. All right. Something to think about. Sadhu, 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 sadhu